Welcome to your Sunday Reader. Today we'll be discussing the readings for the fifth Sunday of Easter, 2010. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. After Paul and Barnabas had proclaimed the good news to the city and made a considerable number of disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch. They strengthened the spirits of the disciples and exhorted them to persevere in the faith, saying, It is necessary for us to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. They appointed elders for them in each church, and, with prayer and fasting, commended them to the Lord, in whom they had put their faith. They traveled through Pisidia and reached Pamphylia. After proclaiming the word at Perga, they went down to Atalia. From there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work they had now accomplished. And when they arrived, they called the church together and reported what God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. The Lord is good to all and compassionate toward all his works. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. Let all your works give you thanks, O Lord, and let your faithful ones bless you. Let them discourse of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. Let them make known your might to the children of Adam and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is a kingdom for all ages. Your dominion endures through all generations. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. A reading from the book of Revelation. Then I, John, saw a new heaven and a new earth. The former heaven and the former earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne, saying, Behold, God's dwelling is with the human race. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will always be with them as their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death or mourning, wailing or pain, for the old order has passed away. The one who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. When Judas had left them, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and God will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. I give you a new commandment. Love one another. As I have loved you, also so you should love one another. This is how I will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hello and welcome to your Sunday Reader. I'm Father Brian and I'm here today with Don. Hello, everyone. And Don, 
we just heard these readings, and I have no idea how I'm getting a homily out of these for this weekend. <laughs> so perhaps you can give me some insight or something. Oh, you always come up with something, Father Brian. You're very good at that. I don't know. It must be a... I can't even imagine trying to come up with a homily for not only every weekend, but for daily Mass. I think I'd go crazy. Yeah, daily Masses (laughs) can sometimes be hard. Sometimes they're easier, sometimes they're harder. But uh, the weekend ones can definitely... You you definitely put more effort into the weekend ones. um, And and hopefully that shows. I don't know. We'll... (laughs) Let the parishioners be the judge of that. <laughs> no, I've always enjoyed your homilies. I don't know enjoy is the right word, but I've always gotten a lot from your homilies. How about that? Well, well, thank you. Good. Thank you. Well, I do have sort of an idea. It actually came from another resource I was reading, preparing. Um, this man talks about uh, this. There's a band, a Canadian band called Nickel Creek. Some people might be familiar with it. But they talk about the song. It's called The Hand Song. How very nice. There's no hand motions, though, just so you're aware. <laughs> oh, okay. No hand gestures. for Yet. Yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> so you said, we haven't let the youth groups get a hold of it I yet. guess <laughs> you Bring it to NCYC and there oh, will be. Oh, dear, dear, yes. Um, well, anyhow, so in the story of the song, the, there's a little boy at first, and he decides that he's going to get cut some, not cut, he's going to bring his mother some roses. And as he tries to get these her prize-winning roses, he um, rips the skin on his hand and he starts bleeding. And she run, he runs in, and the first thing the mother sees is her roses that are now destroyed. But then how his hands are bleeding, and it says, the chorus says, she knew it was love. Um, he was showing his love, and that's how he hurt his hands. And so the next verse then goes on to she's reading him a story from the Bible, and there's a picture of Jesus who's been crucified, and his hands are hurt. And the uh, refrain at that point goes, and he knew it was love. Um, it was one he could understand. He was showing his love, and that's how God hurt his hands. And then the third verse um, talks about when this little boy grows up and he goes off to war and um, he dies. But then the course that time talks about how he knew it was love because he saved someone else's life. He was showing his life and that's how he hurt his hand. So anyhow, that whole song just um, really talks about almost what we're hearing in the gospel today. It's We don't learn love ourselves. We learn it from an example from... Um, what Jesus has given to us. It's nothing that we could ever imagine initially thinking that I'm going to, you know, give up my life for someone else. We learn that from an example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And and it is true that we do learn that from example. And certainly it's one of the th- things why parents and everything and family and church become so important for children because they set that example of love and how we're to live our lives. And I think parents, of course, um, in in a lot of ways they do, they might not realize it even, but they are that self-giving love to some extent. When you think of just even what it takes to raise a child, the attention you have to give the child, the getting up in the middle of the night, the, you know, feeding of the child and everything, there is that sense in which you're really giving of yourself to that child in so many ways. And, it's an image of, of course, the love that God has for us. Jesus takes that and brings it to a whole nother extreme when he talks about giving your life. We so often talk about it as giving of various aspects or elements of our life. 
Jesus, of course, brings it to the extreme of giving the entirety of his life to us right. um, and, and really kind of pushes the boundaries on what it means to, to love when he does that. And then he gives this command to his disciples, um, as I have loved you, so you also should love one another. Um, meaning we are to give all of our life, not most of our life, not part. That, that's where I think it becomes challenging for us is it's so easy for us to give some of our life, you know, to give mm-hmm. a little bit, to give everything is so much harder. And of course, you know, I think there's been very few people who've actually been able to do that with, you know, full success. You know, Jesus, of course, being the one who's done that. You, know, you could make an argument for, for Mary. I think you could make an argument for Francis of Assisi or, you know, a couple of, you know, really holy people. But I think it's really hard to argue that for all of us. <laughs> um, yet it's what we're called to do. It's, it's the ideal that we're called to strive for. Um, and I think it connects right back into that first reading. Um, and we, I think we need to be reminded of this. In that first reading, there's a great line um, it says, it is necessary for us to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And I think so often when we hear love, um, you and I just Googled it right before we started <laughs> recording this podcast. We got, what was it, 1.34 billion hits um, for, for love, approximately, it said. You know, approximately 1.34 billion hits as to what it means to, or, or just on love when you Google that. And so there's all kinds of different ideas. But I think for the most part, we tend to forget that part of it means that we have to undergo many hardships, that we have to undergo these hardships if we're going to enter into the kingdom of God. Love isn't just this easy, emotional thing as it comes off in all the songs. Before the podcast, you and I were saying we could just do a musical <laughs> podcast. You know, I could throw on the Beatles, you know, all you need is love. You've got uh, Nickel Creek. And then we're talking about Boston's song, Love is a Feeling. Um, or was, was that Boston? Yeah, I, I think that was a Boston song. Anyway, but um, I mean, there's all kinds of songs about love and different ideas about what it means. Um, and then, of course, the gospel gives us its own definition of love, which is to give completely and totally of oneself. And then I think that the nice thing about that first reading is it reminds us it's necessary to undergo many hardships. It's not an easy thing to just mm-hmm. give of yourself. And it's not supposed to be an easy thing. That's one of the other aspects of it is so often we think it should be easy or it should make things easy for us if we love. Um, and that's not necessarily the case. Sometimes love can be a very difficult thing and yet we're called to enter into that relationship of love and to continue with it. Um, you know, I'm sure it wasn't easy for Jesus to be crucified, but it's what he was called to do. And so I think that, you know, in so many different ways, we see this over and over again, where, you know, doing the thing that's loving might not always be the thing that makes us feel good or the easiest thing to do. It might be hardships. It might mean suffering for our, on our own part. Yet it's what we're called to do. You know, I sort of have in my mind, Jesus is talking to the disciples and he says, okay, here's love 4.0. It's the new upgrade. (laughs) (laughs) Because before, um, when they talked about love, you know, they have the commandment found in Leviticus or wherever, um, and love your neighbor as yourself. So here it's sort of not, I mean, you're sort of thinking about self-love. So how I would want to be treated, things like that. But Jesus is now saying, as I have loved you. And so it's so much more. It's giving everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's totally revolutionary. I can't imagine being 
you know, when you really, the disciples a while later, when they sat down to think about, now, what did he say? Did he really mean that? And, and, you know, I think one of the things you were talking about before made me think about how it's not just the big, um, there is the big ways, um, laying down your life for your friend and, you know, you could actually give up your life, but it's also the small ways every single day choosing to, um, love someone as Jesus loved us. So it's, you know, being self-sacrificing and, and it's hard. It's not an easy thing like you were saying. And sometimes we think of, oh, I'll just do the big pieces and that'll be fine. But it's not. It's, you know, the people you live with, the people you work with, the people you minister with and, mm-hmm. and to. And it's just, it's a really hard challenge. Yep. And and part of it, too, is we also have this vision, too, that um, I think that love is supposed to make everybody feel good at times. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always. Sometimes love right. means that you have to correct somebody, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm certain, you know, you have to do this in your job as a youth minister sometimes and tell some of the kids, you know, what you're doing is not good. Um, or, um, you know, parents have to do this with their children all the time, you know, say, mm-hmm. this is not good, you know, what you're doing. And you have to, um, you know, give them guidance and that can be very hard to do. And sometimes even we have to do it with adults. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are plenty of adults who do things that are not good, that are not healthy for them. And the fact that we tell them that, I mean, of course, you have to say it and you have to be motivated by love when you say it, not self-righteousness. But I think it's one of the hardest ways of showing love is to say to somebody, you know, I don't think what you're doing is right here. I think you need to, you know, change your life or change this aspect of your life or confront this problem in this way. Um and that can be very difficult, and oftentimes it doesn't make us feel good because it can lead to conflict, yet it can still be a form of love. Um, certainly, you know, when a parent corrects their child, sometimes they'll even say, you know, one of the hardest things is the first time they have to, you know, punish their child or something mm-hmm. like that for something they did, um, yet they know it's the right thing to do. Otherwise, the child will never learn this is acceptable behavior and this is not, or this is what I'm supposed to be doing and this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. And I think the flip in that relationship is true also. If you're in a loving relationship with other people and they're calling you to accountability, sometimes you just want to stop that relationship and turn Mm -hmm. your back on it. But um, understanding and coming to recognize that um, we're together in this and because this other person loves me, I am choosing to receive what they're saying. Right. And that that's also a very important thing, too, is being able to hear that critical feedback of ourselves, of people mm-hmm. who are you know sincerely concerned about, are we on the right path here? And hear that, those questions and hear those critiques and make the adjustments where we need to. And, and we all need to because we all have areas of sin in our life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't even see the areas of sin in our life uh, because we're so ingrained in it that it's good to have somebody sometimes show it to us. Anyway, Don, we are coming to the end of our musical podcast this week. Um, So I thank you for joining, and I thank everybody who is here listening to us, including our friends from Ohio, who I recently learned, listen to our podcast. And I hope that you'll join us next week on your Sunday Reader. Have a good week. God bless.